0: Often, the building of infrastructure is seen as being at odds with nature, as a disruption of the natural environment, but what happens when parts of the buildings themselves are used to bring back nature into the fold? That's what we'll find out today as we talk with a company that installs green roofs onto public and residential structures.
1: Welcome to The Good Guide to Business, a podcast presented by the Better Business Bureau.
0: The Good Guide is all about conversations with businesses, organizations, and local leaders who are going above and beyond to make a change and make our community a better place.
1: So grab a cup of coffee, sit down, and get ready to hear from this episode's special guest, Kate and Kaya, with Living Roofs.
2: Hi, good morning. Hi.
0: <laughs> Kate, thanks so much for joining us here in our office in Raleigh. I understand you came all the way from Asheville?
2: I did. I drove all the way from Asheville. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, you're our
1: farthest traveled guest on really? the show. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: fortunately, we're in in Raleigh a lot, so um, it wasn't it wasn't it's a very familiar place. And I actually went to school here, in um, at the College of Design at North Carolina State University. Um, got a master's in landscape architecture, so this is sort of very familiar for me.
0: Go pack! All right, you love to hear it. Um, Yeah, Nick
1: went to NC State. (laughs) I did.
0: Very passionate about NC State, too. Nice, nice. So, I mean, we're happy to have you back in Raleigh, and no matter how much you downplay it, really appreciate you coming back and all the way into our office uh, to talk about living roofs. So, I kind of want to just jump into it now.
2: Sure. Um, so I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Living Roof Sync um, is a construction and design company. We're based in Asheville, North Carolina, but we travel all over the state of North Carolina and the southeastern region. Um, Living roofs got its start back in 2006. My husband Emilio and I started the company, and at that time we were the only company in the region really specializing in green roofs. So. Over many years, we've learned a lot, um, have designed and built hundreds of projects and are really interested and continuing to be dedicated to instilling confidence to our clients um, when they're thinking about designing and building green roofs.
1: Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about why you started Living Roofs? Like where the idea came from, that sort of thing?
2: So the idea came from, I think Emilio was actually, we were on an airplane and he was flipping through one of those airplane magazines and saw a photograph of a green roof somewhere in the world. And um, that was at the same time I was in graduate school in landscape architecture and learning about cities and urban environments and also was thinking about green roofs and he saw this photograph we were pretty young and inspired and excited about doing something different and had been living in a city, um, Raleigh at the time, um, after both having lived in pretty suburban or rural areas and we're really excited about cities and urban living and we're just, I think, inspired to um, actually do something that uh, felt different and as a way to incorporate nature into cities. At that time, it was really just that. It felt like a cool idea. We felt like um, it it like made us feel good about what we were doing. And uh, we just sort of took a chance, started the company. Um, and in the beginning, we worked on really small projects, I think, um, and then over the years have started um, working on much larger complicated projects but in those early years it was really just born out of an excitement about a new idea. We both love plants and cities and that's sort of where it started.
1: So as far as like sustainability and the environment goes why are green roofs living roofs important to that and how do they contribute to improving the environment where they are?
2: That's a great question. So green roofs are a type of green infrastructure and so um, I may use that word throughout the um, or those words throughout the interview. But um, one of the reasons that they are so important um, are is because they deliver on such a wide variety of benefits. So green roofs deliver economic benefits, environmental benefits, and social benefits. They're a type of infrastructure that provides is multifunctional. So I like to give the example of gray infrastructure, which if you think about a concrete pipe, that sole purpose is to collect water and to move water away from a building or a road. Um, It's doing that one. It has that one purpose, single purpose. Um, It's doing that to help mitigate stormwater runoff. Green roofs also help mitigate stormwater runoff. But in addition to that, they also promote biodiversity. They also help us cool our cities down. Um, They uh, help to clean the air. They also improve the overall well-being and um, just the quality of our environment. And so when we think about the challenges that the southeast is facing in terms of rising temperatures, um, increased precipitation, stormwater runoff, diminished air quality. We really need to be thinking about and prioritizing infrastructure that provides more than one purpose. And so green roofs are, um, one of very few types of systems that deliver such a wide variety of benefits.
1: Yeah. And so it's not just like any plants that you're planting though. Like you try to focus on plants native to the area that makes sense. Why is that important?
2: So, um, we try and use native plants for a couple of different reasons. The, f- the first reason is that they're adapted to um, a certain geography and and climate and, and system. And so they support our native pollinators. They support our native wildlife, which are at the heart of our food web, are really important to pretty much life as we know it. And so there's that um, um, importance. And they also... Um, do better here in the southeastern region on green roofs because um, we, because of our climate here in the southeast, um, uh, we have found that our, there are a lot of uh, herbaceous and native grasses and perennials that um, do quite well and um, also then provide habitat and, um, and forage for our native pollinators.
0: So when I think about like traditional construction, it's kind of like a one and done thing. They build it. They're done, but with plants, you know those are something that are alive. they need upkeep they need someone to keep them healthy. So does living roofs provide upkeep for these roofs?
2: We do we do provide maintenance on green roofs um, but I also I do want to point out that. Uh, new construction or any sort of building does have operating costs associated with it. So any building system has maintenance involved that's just pretty basic or typical, whether it's servicing an HVAC system or something like that. So when we talk about uh, maintenance on green roofs, it looks a little different than a technician coming out with you know um, a, a toolbox and, and servicing an HVAC system we come out with gardening tools. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so the maintenance on a green roof is, um, is pretty much like simple garden tasks. So an example is if an acorn fell on a roof and sprouted, we would remove that, acorn, we would remove that sapling um, from the roof. Um, it's pretty minimal um, weeding. Um, and then it really depends too on what the goals of the green roof are. So if it's, for example, on a hospital and it's more like a park where people are walking out onto it, then the level of maintenance would be different than a green roof that is many stories up that no one is accessing or or spending time in. And so the level of maintenance is really different dependent on the type of green roof and programming.
1: Right. Yeah. So I guess it sounds like you have a lot of different versions of the green roof. It's not like they're all just on top of a 16 story building and sitting alone by themselves. Can you talk about some of the like variety of the things you guys do?
2: I love that you asked that question because so many people think of a green roof and they have one idea in their head, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of different um, ways to think about them. And so one type of green roof that we call a fully vegetated or we also call it a utility style green roof is is more like infrastructure like I was talking about earlier. it's providing a lot of different benefits, and it is more like sometimes a wild meadow or a very diverse plant community. Um, These are often projects that people are out looking over or sometimes are not very visible from um, other buildings. They're up there providing economic, environmental benefit to the community. There are also what we call rooftop gardens or intensive uh, green roofs. We also call this landscape on structure sometimes. And these are more like the healing gardens at hospitals or um, amenity terraces on condo buildings or uh, at a student union where um, students can go out and sit outside and there's it, it looks like an elevated park essentially. And so those are two kind of like At opposite ends of the spectrum. And then there's a little bit of um, things in between. Some residential projects have areas of just planting and then maybe a little seating area. And so um, I think uh, there are as many different ways to incorporate plants onto structure as there are at grade to a certain degree.
0: So, I want to kind of go away for a second from the environmental impact of these green roofs. Is there some sort of like well being impact that comes with having a green space on a building as well for the people in the building?
2: Yes. So, um, this is something that's really dear to my heart because um, of my background in anthropology and learning about how people interact with their environments. And there is a lot of evidence and Um, decades of studies proving that just views to nature help improve the overall well-being of folks, lower um, stress, and um, provide that like very simple connection to nature. And in our urban areas, this is even more important where often people have to go to a park or go outside of their or go down to Uh, The sidewalk or something like that to access nature or to drive in faraway places. And so just having views to nature out your window or an easy way to um, step outside for a breath of fresh air has significant health benefits. Yeah.
1: And those benefits are, I'm sure, something that everyone wants to reap, but not everyone can necessarily afford, especially if you're talking about like private residential properties. Um, A lot of the properties that we saw on your website, they're beautiful, but they don't look inexpensive. So what are some options or advice you have for people that might not be able to afford getting a full living roof on their property in order to improve their health and the environment around them?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I think the advice that I would give first is that um, there are a lot of different ways to design and build a green roof. And so working with someone who has the experience to help navigate those options, to help find the system that is not only affordable, but also going to achieve what your programmatic goals are. Um, When I say programmatic goals, it's like, what do you want it to look like? How are you gonna use it? All of those things. And so I think um, there are some really basic um, systems that are um, a little bit more affordable. And there's also um, ways to bring the cost down by the size of the plant material that you're using, um, whether you're using a combination of plugging and seeding as opposed to container-grown plants. And so um, just like with any project, when we look at our options and what we want to achieve, um, it's just sort of figuring out the best um, uh, way to achieve it, whether that's through time or or material. Gotcha.
0: So obviously- and then I would—I
2: just wanted to add one more thing about that, in that um, the the cost of a green roof um, up front is definitely more expensive than a traditional, but the economic return on investment is significant, and particularly in um, it's mostly tied to lower energy costs here in the summer in the southeast, and then also the cost of re-roofing. So um, roofing is one of the most expensive long-term operating costs of any structure. And so by putting a green roof over a roof, um, you are protecting it from the the elements that break it down, UV rays, Uh, large fluctuations in temperature, all those things break down that roofing material. When it's covered with a green roof, we're seeing up to three, sometimes over three times the life of the roofing. So instead of a 15, 20-year roof, now we're looking at a 30, potentially 40, 50-year-old roof. And so um, those costs, particularly for hospitals, universities, municipalities, places that own a lot of roofing, the cost savings are significant. And then for public for public buildings, that's a cost, and that is passed on to taxpayers. So um, the the cost of roof, re-roof, and then dump roofing material that is no longer usable is extremely expensive. And so um, the return on investment is, is something to consider when you are um, thinking about um, incorporating a green roof.
0: Yeah, that's actually awesome, and it's something that we kind of see like a common theme on the podcast where these greener solutions you know people may think they may cost more up front but the return on investment and you know it actually pays off the longer you get into it because these are things that last but mm-hmm. also it's you know our planet we're helping last mm-hmm. and and improving it and making sure that it is safe and livable for future generations.
2: I love that comment because I think for us um, one of the things that we try to share is that so many, so many of us think about green roofs as this extra or this decoration or this nice to have. But really it is um, is a type of infrastructure and um, saves money in the long run, helps incorporate um, environmental benefits throughout our community, makes us feel better. Um, and then the roofing piece, the economic savings there, we don't think about that because when we think about green roofs, we get excited about the plants and how they look. We're not thinking about things like because something so beautiful and something so functional certainly couldn't save money, too. But in fact, with the Green Roofs, they do. Nice.
0: So, you know, I think probably all of these projects you guys take on are going to be really different from each other. But can you walk us through kind of the process that you guys go through to make Green Roofs?
2: Sure. So um, on every project, our role, the Living Roofs team... Um, we start, um, for construction, we start above the roofing. So whether that's a waterproofing membrane or some sort of roofing system. Um, from there, we go and we um, install the products or the system. So I'll describe a system that we think is, is, um, is really... Uh, the highest performing system, which is a built in place system, and so it's a series of layers. We cover the roofing first with a roof protection layer, and then we um, install a series of other layers, often drainage layers, or whether that's an aggregate or some sort of plastics, um, and then a filter or separation fabric, and then the growing media. And the growing media is um, uh not like regular garden soil. It's an engineered soil. It's really lightweight, very coarse. Um, and the depth of that soil is really de- really determines the types of plants that you can grow. And so we install the um growing media and then we plant the plants, which is the fun part. Um, and then that first year of establishment's really important just like for any new planting. And then um, over that first growing season, the the plants fill in and grow, and then um, we sort of step back our sort of care and maintenance, um, dependent on the project. And with all of our installations, we include one to two years of maintenance as part of our installation um, costs. Um, so that's the construction side. In the design side, we we work with um, our clients to to dig into what they are what are the goals for the green roof? Um, Are they looking for a space for um, people to use? Are they looking for something that's going to um, maximize the return on investment? Are they looking to meet stormwater requirements for their new building? Um, So by talking to them about their project goals, then we work um, to design a system and a green roof that meets those goals. And so that looks like a lot of different things depending on what the project um the project is and in the client but um but that's that's typically our our process and then the maintenance side is um, going back to what i said earlier um, dependent on the project but pretty simple garden tasks we also check the drains to make sure that they're draining properly um, which isn't unique to green roofs you would do that on another roof Um, we winterize the irrigation in the fall and then we turn it back on in the spring uh, On those maintenance trips, we, you know, check to make sure that um, the irrigation system is working properly and um, and just doing sort of a a survey of the roof and inspecting it, making sure everything is how it should be.
1: Yeah, I was wondering how because, of course, you have like the engineers and the architects on the structural side and then you have people that do the maintenance, gardeners and that kind of thing. How many people on your team does it take to make all of that happen, all the maintenance
2: and upkeep and stuff? So we run a pretty nimble, small company. I think there's a total of 11, 12 of us right now. Uh, so we're not a big team, but um, we are, we have such an amazing crew of green roof technicians and um, experienced green roof professionals. And so what that looks like for a con- on a construction um site I think we probably have about 5 people out there at once. And then our maintenance team it depends on the project. Sometimes we have one or two people. We always we always have two people at least on a maintenance visit. And then depending on some of our larger projects, we may pull on um, the whole team onto that um project.
1: Yeah. And how often does maintenance happen for I'm sure it depends, but
2: sure. Um, typically I would say during, so it's not a whole lot happens in the winter. Once we winterize that irrigation, depending on where we are in the Southeast, it's usually sometime around October or November. Um, and then not a whole lot happens throughout the winter. And then we're, um, so we're in March right now. So pretty soon we're going to be gearing up to go and turn on irrigation systems throughout the Southeast and start our maintenance for, the 2023 season. And so often that's anywhere from like four to six visits during that time.
1: Do you happen to have a number of like how many buildings you maintain?
2: We were just looking at that and I think we're around 50 projects that we're servicing. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, we have started um, over the last several years um, working with people who have green roofs that aren't doing so well. So we're calling that green roof restoration. Mm-hmm. So we have some projects that um, we're working on now that aren't, they're part of our maintenance you know, um, circuit, <laughs> but they are more restoration type projects, but a lot of um, similar tasks and things like that.
0: Yeah. That's neat, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Now is it also possible, I know you guys do a lot with new construction, but is it possible to replace the roof of an existing structure with a green roof?
2: it is possible it is challenging though because the roof weight a green roof weighs more than a regular conventional roof and so uh, we would have to have a structural analysis done to make sure that the roof could hold the additional weight of a green roof and so in those cases we try and work with um, really uh, lightweight thinner systems that um, a, a structure might be able to withstand. Um, And then sometimes we've worked on projects where the um, structure is just retrofitted to hold the additional weight of a green roof. But it is challenging to go back to um, install a green roof on something that wasn't designed to hold it.
1: Gotcha. So generally you guys work with new construction? Mostly
2: new construction. And if the green roof is not able to be installed and the project outset or um, is on future plans because of budget, then the structure is still designed to hold that um, in the hopes that later down the road, the green roof could be installed.
1: Gotcha. And just like as a regular old consumer that doesn't know that much about this, um, my thought goes to things like roof leaks. Like how does that, is that more complicated to solve if something like that were to happen when there's a green roof and how does that work?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. That's a question that we hear a lot about um, because everyone's scared of roof leaks. <laughs> so um, so first of all, a green roof won't cause a roof to leak. So one of the things that we do on our projects is bef- um, because we come in after the roofing is done. So we make sure we do an inspection that the roof um, uh, roofing is in good condition. Often there's a flood test or some sort of testing done to make sure that everything is watertight. Because once we start putting the materials down, the growing media, the plants, it is more difficult to fix a roof or to fix a leak. So um, w- what's really important is making sure that the roofing contractor and the roof um, has done a good job and the roof is 100 um, percent um, um, in great condition before we um, go in. So um It is more difficult after the fact, but we haven't really had too many problems like that, mostly because of just really um, uh, making sure that, 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 that the roofing is in perfect condition before we come in.
1: Right, so it may be more complicated to fix, but it's not as likely to happen? No,
2: in fact the roof um, once it's covered in a, with a green roof is really protected from the things that cause leaks, like um, anything falling on the roof and puncturing that roofing membrane. Um, the, again, the materi- the elements that break down roofing, which is the UV rays, the f- large fluctuations in temperature, it gets really, really hot during the day, gets cool at night, so that constant contraction and expansion breaks down those materials. So when you cover it with a green roof, it stays very stable. And so we say 50 years once a roof is covered with a green roof that's how long um, the data is um, that we're seeing and that's because that's how old modern day green roofing is in europe and so they're pulling back these 50 year old green roofs and finding the roofing in great condition because it's been covered this whole time and protected um, so we estimate that it's much longer than that but that's what that's the information we have right now
1: right
0: oh. Those are things I never would have thought about. Um, Yeah,
1: that's an incredible amount of time. It's like covering with a blanket. Yeah, because a roof is, like, what, 10 years, something like that? I hope more than 10, but, yeah, anywhere (laughs) from, like, 10 to 20
2: years, yeah. 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 That's crazy. And so when you think about um, cities and all the roofs Mm -hmm. or, um, like, public buildings, that return on investment is significant and also the savings that's passed down to uh, Mm -hmm. the community.
0: Yeah, so many benefits from, you know, the economic benefits to the psychological benefits to the environmental benefits.
2: So many benefits.
0: It's Mm -hmm. awesome.
1: So my next question was about the construction field as a whole. How do you see that changing in the next 10 to 20 years um, as far as the environment's concerned? Because in other industries, we've seen a huge focus as the years go on on sustainability and the environment and sort of like holding companies accountable for those sort of things to be more sustainable um, how do you see that working in your industry
2: i see it um, i already see a shift i see more and more um, different types of clients and buildings incorporating green roofs Um, and so i would say the construction industry is going to change because um, more and more people are going to be wanting landscape on structure whether that's a rooftop garden or a fully vegetated utility green roof Um, a because people are seeing them uh, more and more and they're attractive and definitely enhance um, an investment Um, but also because they are a way to meet stormwater requirements that um, are quite frankly like more resilient and more beautiful than gray infrastructure, um, and so I think the construction industry is going to have to um, start becoming very um, comfortable and and skilled at um, building green roofs, not just green roofs, but other green infrastructure as well. So. Um, We also call green roofs, green infrastructure, nature-based solutions. And so I think that um, the construction industry is going to be um, just having to uh, be doing that a lot more.
1: Yeah, and I remembered a question I was gonna ask before the break. Um, I recently in the last year got into gardening, so it makes me think (laughs) a lot about like how much work goes into getting ready for the new season, like with spring coming around, how much replanting sort of like readjusting the roofs happens like throughout the years since they last for so long.
2: Yeah. Um, So I can talk about that because we have some really old projects. Um, But before I get into that specifically, I'll go back to what I said earlier about depending on the roof, it's always different. So like the hospital healing garden um, type project, uh, that will be similar to what you do in in your garden at home. If if you want a row of black-eyed Susans and over the winter, one has not made it, then you're going to replace that one. Mm-hmm. And so that's because of that highly visible, um, very intensive project and, and what people expect that exacting aesthetic that people are looking for. So in that way, I think you would have to um, think about it as a regular garden, but. The green roofs that are sort of, my, if I had to choose some of my favorite, would be these fully vegetated plant communities, these um, uh, meadows, and they they change so much. It's amazing. We will plant plants, um, you know, and then over the years, it's really fascinating to watch them move around. You probably see this in your garden. They find a microclimate or a certain area of the roof where they're just thriving. And so watching that um, shift and and establishment is really beautiful and amazing. Um, But if you want your plants to behave in a certain way, then you're gonna have to move them around a little bit. Another thing that really helps to reduce the um, the need to replant is making sure that you get a healthy establishment from the beginning. So you don't have large areas of open, open soil. So um, that plant density um, not only helps the look of the green roof but it also helps the plants because they shade and cool the soil um, the roofs are can be very intense extreme um, environments and so um, that plant coverage is really important not just for the way it looks but also for the overall plant health like a forest kind of like a forest but <laughs> not a forest <laughs> although we have worked on projects with um, large trees which are is amazing too wow yeah That's they're cool. wild but forest on the ninth floor. That's That's
0: crazy. Awesome to think about. It's pretty cool. So you mentioned you like those meadows. Do you have a specific project that's your favorite that Living Roofs has done?
2: So I always punt on this because I love them all like my children. (laughs) But um, there are a couple projects that they're not really my favorite so much the project themselves, but they're They're my favorite in that they represent a time where we were sort of experimenting, trying something new, and we learned a ton. And then they're almost like the seed of an idea that now has been incorporated into so many other projects. And so um, the Garage Apartments Project in Asheville, North Carolina, the City of Columbia um, Wastewater and Management Facility in Columbia, South Carolina, those projects are um, um, come, come to mind a lot because that was when we were really shifting from this more sedum, succulent-heavy approach to green roofing that so many other regions were, were using, and it just wasn't really working here in the southeast. So that's when we started experimenting with some different types of plants and different types of plant approaches, using a lot of overseeding, and um, so... Those projects are very beautiful and I love them, but to me, they were really important. Um, They were really an important step for us as a company as we were refining sort of our approach to planting design. Yeah.
1: Did you have to sort of adjust based on like humidity? Because I know obviously around here and further toward the coast, the humidity is really bad, especially in the summer. Um, Does that make a big difference in how you create the roofs?
2: it does make a difference, mostly in the plant selection. So we do projects from the coast to the mountains. So at sea level to thousands of feet in elevation and everything in between. And so we, um, depending on where the project is, we look at the our plant options. And so what we're planting um, on a project in the coastal plain is very different than what we're planting in the mountains. And that's That's exciting. That's interesting to us. That's um, um, part of what I guess keeps us excited.
1: Yeah. Do you have any big projects coming up or plans
2: for growth for living roofs in the future? So, yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I think going back to you know why we're doing what we're doing. So continuing to be a resource to our clients to help make it easy um, for them to incorporate a green roof into their project. That's really important to us, to give our clients confidence when building, designing, or maintaining a green roof. And so how we do that are things like this, doing a podcast, um, trying to um, be involved earlier in projects. Um, So that's that's definitely a goal. Um, Another goal is to continue to um, identify projects throughout the Southeast that maybe need a little bit of help through this our restoration services and then expanding our maintenance services as well. Um, I think another key part of our growth is policy and having green roofs be um, broadly accepted um, as a important or a key piece of designing and building a resilient Southeast and so Um, how do we not only um, help educate, but also incentivize um, um, green roof projects because of the, um, not just the benefits that the building owner gets, but also the community-wide benefits that um, seep past the site to our broader communities. And so working, um, uh, trying to um, help expand uh, policy is also a goal for us.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, You know, I feel like along with other just everyday consumers, hearing about this stuff absolutely blows my mind. I think it's fantastic. And it's just so incredible, unbelievable. Do you know of any other major developments that are going on in the construction industry that are helping the environment?
2: That's a great question. I'm so focused on green roofs, (laughs) Um, but I do know that there are, um, I think the EPA has just put out a a manual for a small, for a community, it's a community manual to incorporate nature-based solutions into their, um, into their communities. And so um, there is, I think, um, more traction and, and more support at the federal level for, nature-based solutions like green roofs, um, as well as funding now, grant funding. I'm not, I don't know a ton about that. Um, I need to learn more, but um, there there are, there are um, programs out there that are starting to um, support more expansion of green roofs.
1: So generally when you start working with someone for a project is it someone that has reached out to you or do you guys do outreach to try to sort of convince (laughs) especially for public spaces convince them that they need a green roof
2: often people come to us um uh and then seeking you know asking questions about a green roof and then sometimes um we are part of a team where we're just talking about green roofs, answering questions, um, basic questions associated with cost or maintenance or how do I do this? Um, and often we're brought in um, on the design team in that, in that way. So um, just like there's an architect on the team, a landscape architect, an engineer, uh, we're often a sort of unique consultant that's just specialized in this one part of the project. Um, so that feels nice because we can um, help to... Um, really make sure that green roof makes it all the way through construction and doesn't just get chopped early on um, and we can also make sure that the system and the approach and the design is meeting the project goals and the um, project uh, budget so um, we work in, we've work. we been working more and more in that capacity um, which is great but we're not out there I, mean, I think we're out there marketing ourselves more in when we hear about a project, trying to be a resource um, to help uh, that project happen. Yeah. But I haven't identified a project that then I go out and try and, uh, Right. You know.
1: Yeah. My biggest reason for asking that was just like, since you've been around since 2006, um, have you seen a change in sort of like the acceptance of what you do and the acceptance of like green roofs as an option? Or do you still find it hard to convince people sometimes (laughs) that it's a good investment?
2: Um, I don't think it's hard to convince people. I think it's more just um, getting the information out there. So I think in the beginning, back in 2006, it definitely felt like more of this high-end, very experimental for adventurous clients, right? That wanted to do something different. What I love is seeing the shift to more just, of course, why wouldn't you include a greenery? If you're gonna get all of these benefits, this makes sense. And so definitely seeing the narrative around them change in a very positive way. Um, But of course, we still get asked a lot of the same questions. And um, uh so I, I, see, I see that changing. There's less and less convincing to be done and more and more just making sure that the information that people have at their fingertips is accurate. Mm-hmm. And so I feel good about if someone has the accurate information about a green roof and what it means for their project and they decide they don't want to do it, that feels good to me.
0: Well, I think we're just about wrapping up here, Kate. Um, do you have anywhere our listeners can go to find out more about Living Roofs or some social media you want to plug?
2: Sure. Well, our website, livingroofsinc.com, is um, a great place to, to look at projects. Um, green Roofs for Healthy Cities, which is greenroofs.org, is a great resource to learn about Green Roofs, all the different policies around North America. Um, there's just, it's a wealth of information and a great resource. And then our Instagram, which is Living Roof Sink um, as well, um, shows a lot of behind the scenes um, process projects, um, just kind of um, what's happening with the company, anywhere from um, a construction, new construction project to a maintenance project or just beautiful photographs of plants.
1: Awesome. And is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up that we haven't asked?
2: Well, I always like to just add that um, it's really important for us to um, embrace green roofs as infrastructure and um, that not just as um, something beautiful to look at, they are that as well, but um, really be thinking about them as, um, as a means, um, as part of our path to a resilient Southeast. Yeah. That's great that they can be both though, because I feel like
1: when you think of Traditional roofs—they're not exactly like (laughs) things that people like to look at. They're just kind of there. Yeah. Um, And it's funny that you refer to them as gray, gray infrastructure, right? Because they literally often are just like gray and kind of boring.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess I since you said that, I'll add one more thing about these overlooked spaces in our cities, like how much they could be contributing to something other than keeping the weather out of a building. And so thinking about a ha- like rich habitat for our native pollinators and songbirds and, and all of these spaces that could be doing so much more. Um, and so I just think reimagining what that could look like in our cities, not just visually, but also um, environmentally is, is um, a really exciting view of the future.
0: Yeah. I'm excited now that you've mentioned <laughs> all these ways that green roofs can help. You know, they're practical it just makes sense and, and it provides some hope for the future that we could have these places all over our cities that are helping the environment and doing so many other things.
2: You got it. I mm-hmm. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, and I would
1: imagine that like I think of air quality as an issue in a lot of cities and I'm, I would assume that has that would have a big effect on air quality.
2: Yep. So the plants help to filter the particulates out of the air. Um, so definitely improve air quality. But one lesser known way that they improve air quality is by lowering the temperature. And so ground level ozone, um, you know, is exasperated by higher temperatures. And so by helping to cool cool surfaces down, really does help um, help with that. Um, urban heat is is um, something that is being uh, tackled more and more by municipalities and what's interesting to me about that is that when we think of a city and, and how much hotter it is compared to its surrounding areas because of vegetation um, we don't have as many street trees we just don't have any, as many spaces as we used to that are green and so um, thinking about our rooftops as a way to sort of turn the temperature down um, has um, significant health benefit as well
1: yeah. Concrete jungle, but, like, not as much concrete and more <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> more jungle, less concrete.
2: I like
0: it.
1: <laughs> to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Good Guide to Business.
0: And make sure to go follow us on social media. We have our new handle, which is at BBBCarolinas. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, linkedin and of course go listen to the good guide on spotify we're also on apple podcasts and pretty much wherever else you can find your podcasts Um, we appreciate any likes reviews feedback you can leave us and we release new episodes every other wednesday
1: all right stay safe and we'll see you next time
0: see you guys